so cool. All right, you guys, uh, uh, today is a really cool moment in my life. My friend Reed is coming up to talk with you, and uh, there are two rules. Anything that Reed says is the best thing that you've ever heard, and the other one is don't steal stuff, all right? There you go. Yeah, right, right. So um, every once in a while, like, something crazy happens where um, everyone leaves, and then they go, all right, youth pastor, you get to speak. And then you get to, like, chase around junior hires in Cincinnati, like, the whole week before on a mission trip. Um, and, like, really, you just kind of tell them, like, not to eat stuff and, you know, things like that. And then you come back, and you're supposed to say something intelligent to adults. <laughs> so it was great timing, but we just got done with, like, a grace series. So that's, you know, that's where we are. So that's good. And uh, every once, like, I, I noticed that Scott doesn't move very often, and so I like to keep the camera guys on their toes. I just walked, earlier, I kind of just walked like straight to the side and back, but I just wanted to see if they could do a little bit more than that today. Yeah, that was good. Good job, guys. Keep you on your toes. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, um, you know, what they're getting paid is kind of worth their service. So, yeah, it's a good time. Um, But yeah, anyway, today uh, we are going to kick off the series on prayer And uh, when Scott comes back, he's actually going to take you through the book of Psalms and go through prayer. And today I'm going to kind of look in Luke a little bit as we kind of go through the beginnings of prayer and what that looks like. Um, And so if you don't know me, my name is Reed. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Real Life. Um, And that's like super fun. It's my dream job. I love it. Every day is so much fun for me. Uh, That's my wife. If you don't know her, her name's Arielle. And then she's going to have a baby, which is cool. So in October... That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who just wanders around the stage is going to be a dad. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, good time. So if, if you have any, like, you know, if you're like a grown man, I might come ask you questions sometime. Um, whatever. Uh, so as we start, to, yeah, wow, missed. All right. So as, we, as I, as I kind of got this task to kind of talk about prayer, um, I had to go back in my life and kind of think about in my own life, what prayer was to me. And I kind of grew up as a pastor's kid, so um, it's not that I wasn't in church, uh, but I never really understood it. Like, I didn't get prayer. Like, prayer didn't, it wasn't like a real thing to me. It was like, okay, let's do it before we eat. Let's do it before I go to bed. Like, you know, it's like more like a scheduled thing that is a real-life event or something like that. Um, And so I noticed a few things in my life about prayer up until this point at the sweet age of 25. And so what I did notice is that every family has that guy, the prayer guy, the religious prayer guy. He has to pray at every single family event. Like, he's like, oh, no, 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 not you this time. It's me. Like, I got the direct path. And he, like, gives you the, the, the craziest Christian verbiage you've ever heard. Like, he's shooting flares in the air looking for Jesus to, like, catch it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, yep, there it is. Um, and so when they see the flare, it's like, oh, God will answer my prayers. He saw the flare. I knew I should have used fount. Great thing. That works every time. Jesus sees it every time. Or like when I create a list of things that I'm supposed to do in the day, which I'm really, really bad at, um, but I'll always create this list and I'll put on there like people to pray for. It says pray for so-and-so. Like it's like the last thing that I do. Like it's like number three and I have ten things and I like skip it and I keep going back and forth. And then I have to go back to three and I'm like, oh, conveniently I just skipped three. 
Uh, it doesn't take long, but for some reason we always have this like, we always have this thought that, hey, praying for someone is like the most time-consuming, horrible thing that we could possibly do. Or like when a student asks me something, I use, the, I use the phrase, let me pray about it, um, to basically say, no, not going to happen. Not, that's it. Um, so like, you know, kids like, I know we're on this mission trip, but can we go to Dairy Queen like five times? I'm like, nah, let me pray about it. No, definitely not. Not going to happen. Um, but I tend to do that a little bit. And then another thing that's kind of, you know, in my life has affected me is the prayer circle. Now, I think that the prayer circle is awkward. And it's not because we pray in a circle. It's because of the human factor that we bring to the prayer circle. It's like the roles that we have created for ourselves in the prayer circle. And so there's seven roles in a prayer circle. Okay? There's the opener. Everyone kind of freaks out about the closer. They're like the dude. They're like the LeBron James of prayer. Like, you're just like, hey, we're just all setting it up for you, man. Take it home. Like, you know Jesus better than any of us. Just do a good job. But, like, the opener has a really important job. They have to set the tone for the prayer circle. Like, if they're like, oh, wow, opener went hard today. Like, we need to bring it. Or like, well, okay, we're a little serious. All right, we're, we're a little jokey today. The opener went joke mode. Um, so there's like that kind of guy, the one that sets a tone, or the one who also, um, the opener is also the person who's like, hold on, let me pray first, so that way I can just get it over with and enjoy the rest of this prayer. <laughs> that would be good, too. Um, so it could be that person. There's the almoster is the second person. Now, they're always on the cusp of prayer. The almoster is like exactly what it is. Like, they're like... <gasps> almost like they just they almost did it like between every person who prays there's just a long pause and they're like <gasps> like you sometimes you can audibly hear them <gasps> no and then they just don't like they have so much good stuff to say they just can't get over the hill they're just not there they're, they can't fully commit then there's the rambler now that's number three the rambler this is the person who sees the chance for the stage this is it this is time my chance for glory Please, God, thank you, give me the chance to ramble. This is also the person who, like, they, they just read, like, three weeks of devos in two days, and they want to let you know in their prayer everything that they learned. The rambler, they're so good. Now, the only people who can stop the rambler is their spouse. That's it. No one else can really stop the rambler. If you do, um, it's not good. Like, you just, you just cut off the rest of the prayers. Nothing else works. Then there's the cave-in. The cave-in is the person who goes, nah, I don't really feel like praying today. Like, I don't feel led. And then you're like, whoa, you don't feel led? Well, let's just stop this prayer circle right now and pray for your soul. Right? Like, oh, you don't feel led today? Okay, like, that's fine. But then at the end of the day, you always know that the cave-in, they're going to pray because they feel guilty. So they're going to cave-in. Then there's the gunslinger. Now, when we get towards the end, there's always two people left. The gunslinger waits. They are waiting. This is prime time for the gunslinger. There's two people left. Awkward silence. Everyone's kind of like, mm, who's left? That's when you start, like, doing the peak thing. Like, okay. You, like, you start counting. Like, ah, uh, he went, he went, he went, she went. Uh, okay. Um, and then there's, like, this long pause. And then you kind of look in, and then, and then the gunslinger goes. Right? It's just out of nowhere. Like, it's just like a face-off. Then, there's my personal favorite. 
the shot blocker. Now, the shot blocker is very rare. I've only seen it twice in my life, and it made my life. I, it was complete after I witnessed the shot blocker in the prayer circle. This is a rare bird, and it's a thing of beauty when you see it. Basically, what happens is Sue prays for her pending relations with Dan, and we all don't like Dan. It's not a good idea. You shouldn't date Dan, Sue. We all know it. You should know it. What's happening? So the shot blocker basically goes and goes, or the, goes right after Sue and goes, God, please, please give Sue some clarity to find your will. We just don't know if she's seeking after you. Basically, this is the equivalent. The shot blocker is the equivalent of blocking a shot in basketball. Prayer goes up, not today. Like, you <laughs> shot it down. Like, that. You shut that down right now. Now, I've only witnessed it, like, twice, really, like, two times, and, like, I laughed. I just open-mouth laughed. It was over. Prayer circle's, like, done. Peace. Like, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen everything that I can possibly see in the prayer circle. I don't need anything other than this. Now, we get to the very last one, which is the closer. Now, the closer, the closer is like your LeBron James. Like, you're just, like, give him the ball, he's going to score. Like, whatever. This dude is our top prayer. Direct line to Jesus. Thank you. Like, you know, that guy, you're just like, ah, take it home, son. Yeah, it's great. You know that he's going to perform well, but there's one thing that every closer kind of goes, ah, like I'm afraid of this, and that's the onchorist. We don't count the onchorist because even Jesus himself does not like the onchorist. But the closer basically brings it home. You are responsible for everyone's prayer request before you. And so... If you miss one, guess what the encore does? They come in right behind you. You're supposed to close, but they're like, whoa, 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 not yet. You forgot Mary's prayer. And they come in and they steal the show. They steal your clothes, which is not good. It's not good if you're the closer. It's not good. And so I know that these things are kind of ridiculous. These things are kind of silly. Um, and it's just things that I've noticed in my life about prayer and weird things that we do as Christians um, in prayer at but, like, as I was given this task of, like, what prayer is and, and where we're supposed to be uh, or how we're supposed to talk to Jesus, like, there's no better way to learn how to pray, what to do in prayer, what to say, than to go back and look at Jesus and look at the beginning of prayer. And so the definition of prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. And so we kind of have to ask ourselves, okay, how did Jesus pray? If this is what, if this is what it means, then how did Jesus pray? And as we go into Luke, um, a little backstory is the disciples obviously knew how to pray. Like, they had prayed before and stuff like that, but when the, as they were hanging out with Jesus, they noticed something different about Jesus' prayer. They noticed something dif different about him, about how he prayed, how he set himself up to pray, where he prayed. Everything that he did was kind of different. And so they said, hey, Jesus, like, how do you pray? Like, how do you do it? And so he says this in Luke eleven nine. 9. He says, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so from this scripture, we actually learn two basic truths. 
When we pray with real need, we will be answered. Jesus assures us of that. He says, hey, if you pray with real need, you will be answered. And this is one thing that it took me a long time in order to figure out the realness of prayer. Like the real life capability that prayer has in my life. And when I really figured it out was when I got the chance to go to Arequipa, Peru on a mission trip in college. And basically, if you don't know where Arequipa is, which you probably don't, um, it's like mountain desert up in the middle of nowhere. It never rains. It's like surrounded by three volcanoes. When you get off the plane, the guy's like, hey, don't worry about it. If the volcanoes erupt, like they all erupt, we all die. Don't even worry about it. We're like, wow, thanks. That's great. Um, and then I was like, what's the chances that it erupts while we're here? And they're like, 50 mm, 50. What? <laughs> okay, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, so during this time of the year, actually, if it would rain, they would freak out. Like it's like Atlanta, and it snows one inch. They're like, ah, like abandon their cars on the highway and they just leave. Like, like it's like that. They like freak out. If it rains, it's okay. It's not supposed to rain this time of year. They, they almost think it's apocalyptic. Like it's that heavy of a thing. And so one day we wake up, it's pouring down rain. Now everything we do at this time is, is all based around the electronics that we have. Portable speakers, microphones, um, stuff like that. We kind of made a scene, which we didn't need to, because if you walk around Arequipa, then they like, oh, there's white people. And like, that's enough. So like, if you walk around with like 30 white people in tie-dye shirts, like, it's pretty noticeable. Um, and so we would, we would do all this stuff, and that's kind of like what we would do in the day. Okay, like, uh, what can we do for you? Did we pray with people on the street, stuff like that. So it started raining, and we were like, okay, well, like, what we came here to do, we can't really do if no one will come outside. We just can't. So it's pouring down rain, and at one point we go, okay, well, like, obviously, I don't hold the switch to the weather, um, so what do we do? We'll just pray. And so we get in a circle, we pray, and we're like, okay, God, like, listen, we can't do what you've called us here to do if it's raining. Like, we just can't do this right now. We didn't plan on it. We don't have a backup plan. Like, it was 100% not supposed to rain. Now it's raining. And so for two or three more hours, as we're getting prepped, we're, like, putting stuff next to the door. It's still raining. And we're like, okay, well, it's time to go. Like, we can only sweep the floor of this church, like, 10 by 10 so much. There's nothing else we can do today. And as soon as, we, as soon as someone takes the first step outside, it stops raining. Just shuts off. Then we go do our thing for four or five hours, and we bring everything back inside. And as soon as the last person walks back inside, turns back on again. And so at that moment, I was kind of like, okay, God, like, I get it. Like, I, like, I understand that prayer is much more powerful than what I ever realized. Like, it affects this world. It affects my reality, my everyday life. And the, base, the second basic truth is this. Father, it, the Father is always willing to give us his most precious gift, which is his Holy Spirit, which he can only freely give out of asking. We have to ask for it. And so this passage actually refers to um, your friend at night. So like back then, they would sleep on a rug in the middle of their floor. Like it's not a big house, like maybe like rock pile to rock pile. That's not like rock pile, like they build their house with rocks, like those two rock piles. Um, like rock pile to rock pile, and then uh, you would kind of sleep in the middle of the floor on like a rug with your family, right? And so if someone comes and knocks on your door at night, you would, I mean, you would give whatever response you would give. Like, mm, nah, like get out of here, not about this life. 
Um, I'm not going to wake up the rest of my family, inconvenience them to get up for you in the middle of the night. And so Jesus is saying, um, Jesus is saying that he would disturb them or you would, you, <laughs> Jesus is saying that he would disturb them all to answer the door because of the guest's shamelessness. Or in another way, they want it so bad that they can't leave. Like the person is just knocking on the door so much, they will not leave until you get up and answer the door. See, God's good and precious gifts are given to those who value them and therefore seek until they receive. Christ's invitation to ask, ask, seek, and knock isn't forcing ourselves into God's presence. Endurance in, in prayer is hard. Endurance in prayer is hard, but it's fruitful. See, we pray to God as Father, which means respectful but not formal. I respect my dad. I love my dad. He's a great guy. I respect who he is as a person. I respect what he's taught me. I respect the fact that he raised us up in a Christian home. He taught me how to love God. I respect his hard work. Uh, but, like, I don't speak to my dad in a formal way. Like, he calls me on the phone. I'm like, hey, Paja, what it do, dude? Like, it's not formal at all. It's the worst sign of formal. But he knows what I mean by what I say to him. I don't disrespect my father in the way that I talk to him but I'm not formal either. Like, I talk to him as if he's my friend, as if I love him, as if, as if he were anyone else in my life. I just talk to him with respect. And so God is, is saying the same thing. Hey, I'm your father. You, you don't have to talk to me so formal. Like, I don't, I don't look at my dad and go, that was Randall. You have bestoweth upon me many treasures of this world. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Kyle, that's how Kyle talks to his dad. Um, but, like, that's the same way that sometimes we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that that's how we should talk to God. Like, that's how we have to talk to God. Like, we're still shooting up those flares waiting for God to see it. And so sometimes when we, when we go down this rabbit trail of, like, God as our Father, we have to realize that there's three answers that he's going to give us to prayer. Yes, no, maybe. That's his three answers. And sometimes we don't want to hear maybe later or no. And we're like, ah, oh, God's just not answering my prayer. And like, so, so when a kid comes and asks you as a father and says, hey, can I have, can I have milk before bedtime? You kind of go, yeah, that'll be a good time. Put them out. Milk, the best. Put them down. And then there's, then there's, hey, dad, can I have a monster energy drink at 1130? Be a good idea. And then you're kind of like, mm, no, for your safety and my safety, we probably should not do that. It's a horrible idea. Definitely not. Glad that you asked, but let me pray about it. <laughs> then, there's the, then there's like, hey, Dad, I had so much fun today. It was great going to see that movie with you. I had so much fun. Can we do it again? And you're like, yeah, you know what? That's a great idea, but maybe later. Not right now. This isn't good timing, but maybe later. Maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, whatever. Maybe later. And so sometimes we don't get the answer that we're looking for. And sometimes we're asking, sometimes we're making bad prayer requests. And I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I ask for things that I just totally don't need. And he's in his mind going, why are you asking for that right now? Uh, maybe later. Or no, definitely not, Reed. Not right now. And so as we move on a little bit in Luke, 
um, it goes into um, the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And it says this, two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this, God, I thank you and I'm not like other, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get, but the tax collector, standing, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to the heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. See, Jesus chose two extremes for this parable. He chose, he chose the Pharisee, who was supposed to be someone who is leading like leading the movement of God. Like, he is supposed to be the one that you look up to. He knows all the rules. He knows what you're supposed to be doing. And then he chose the tax collector, who is like, one, a thief. So I'm not sure any of us like those people. Um, and then two, he works for the Romans, who also oppress you, and you're like, I don't like them either. So it's like a double whammy of this guy I hate. And see, the, the Pharisee spoke of himself five times in his prayer. He asked for nothing and received nothing. This wasn't really a prayer because he only briefly gives God the credit of his own coolness. Like he's like, mm, God, thank you so much for who you made me to be. All of these people in front of me, they're heathens. And thank you for not making me like them. Right? It's crazy and it's absurd to think about someone's arrogance in front of other people let alone someone's arrogance in front of God, right? As you pray to God, um, the arrogance of just saying, hey, thank you for making me who I am and how I'm not like other people. And he chose the most public spot. He's praying in front of everyone, up on a step with his palms open, like, God, thank you for giving me this gift of myself, right? It's the greatest thing ever. Super jacked, great. And then the tax collector, he stood far off. He couldn't even walk in the sanctuary. He was like, I don't deserve to be in there. I don't deserve to be in your presence, God. I can't even lift my eyes. His prayer is the one that God gave his response to. And it's crazy because the other guy's prayer is like four sentences, right? Sometimes I'm like, all right, God, if I pray for at least 10 minutes, it ups my percentage that you'll listen. And it's just like, <laughs> no. The real prayer is the one that he's going to listen to. The one, the one that's the most angst. The tax collector was in pain. He was beating his chest in grief. So as the band comes back up, um, these passages, they tell us that, that God is waiting to graciously give, uh, graciously and freely give you the gift. And all we have to do is ask for it. That's it. All we have to do is ask for it. If we don't get a response, then we seek it out. And if we still can't find, then we knock. And you just keep knocking until you can't, like, until you, you just can't leave. I'm going to knock until I get this response. I'm going to knock until you tell me, God, that I should not knock anymore. I can't physically leave this place. And maybe we aren't asking the right questions either. Maybe we aren't asking what's good. Maybe we have bad prayer requests. Maybe we're like, Hey, God, can I have that monster at midnight? No. Our prayers are answered when we push for them humbly, confidently, knowing that God will respond. 
And so enough about me. Enough about us. I am weak, I am petty, and I am self-absorbed without Jesus Christ. What if our prayer life looked like that of the tax collector? What if all we need to do was walk up to God and be like, forgive me, like I am a sinner. Please have mercy on me, on the people around me. I think it would change the way you see yourself. It would change your life. It would change this church's life. It would change this community's life. We would see each other differently. Will you guys pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for, for being here, for being, open, for being open to us, for giving us the mercy and grace that we just don't deserve. God, thank you, for, thank you so much for saying, hey, I will be your father no matter what you've done, no matter what you do. Seek me. In your name, amen.
good start, but we're to pray. Oh, God, how I need you. I go ahead and say, let's just practice it all week. Let's start this whole prayer series with, uh, with just practicing, God, I just need you. As your subjects come up this week, just, God, I need you. Let's do that. At Challenger League today, oh, God, how I need you. Show up, man. We'll have some fun today. And I appreciate you all coming today. Come next week with your hands and your hearts open. This is going to be fun. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks, man. Thank you.